Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. Today, I am sitting down with the extraordinary Michelle McKinney Hammond. As a single woman who has excelled in ministry and the marketplace, she is the best-selling author of over 40 books, selling over 2 million copies, and the award-winning co-host of the talk show, Aspiring Women. Her Love You, as in university, masterclass on relationships starts a new semester on September 13th. A guiding voice for many, she recently stated, what is your view on marriage? Are you driven by a desire for marriage? Is it a desire you have or does the desire have you? Whether you are single or married, Michelle shares how we can live in wholeness and experience divine inspiration for a victorious attitude. We'll discover what it means to be loved by God and love like God. Welcome, Michelle. I'm so honored to have you on the show today. Angela, thank you so much for having me. We are sisters in the spirit because we both love Ghana. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And we both have Shih Tzus, the best dog in the world. (laughs) The best dogs in the world. But we can't tell them that they're dogs because they think they're people, right? They do think they are people. Well, I am honored to host you. I recently heard you speak at the Speak Up conference that I attended, and you are just such a powerhouse voice. We could talk about so many things, but I want to touch on that statement that I just shared. Your statement is powerful. Whether we are single Mm -hmm. or married, it's important for us to know if our desires have us or if we have our desires. So why is it so crucial, Michelle, for us to evaluate our desires? Well, it's important to know if we're being driven by the desire or if we are driving the desire because it's going to affect the choice that we make. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, all our choices are made either on our values or our void. We really have to stop and take notes as to whether we are being driven by the desire so that we then are driven by the void Mm -hmm. versus making choices that are in alignment with our values. I think that's a lot of times how we end up with the wrong partner and then jump up and say, oops, I made a mistake. Whereas if we were more on top of our desires and we owned our desire, um, then we would make choices based on what we value, what we believe, what's important to us, what we see as the big picture for our two lives coming together. That's so, that's so important. And you even said in that same statement, I heard that marriage should not be our goal. Now you were specifically addressing single women. Why did you say that? And what did you mean by that? Well, you know, when we say marriage is a goal, it becomes something on the to-do list. And we might not pay attention to the things that we need to pay attention to because we're checking off the list, right? But if we're moved by inspiration because someone comes into our life and we realize that we're better with them, better together, then we're inspired to choose covenant forever with that person versus I'm on a desperate hunt and I've got to do this by this amount of time. Yeah, you'll do. (laughs) You know, you end up with um, he'll do instead of he's got, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really, really important that we not be driven by a goal to be married because then we're back to being driven by the desire versus driven by our values. 
That's so crucial. And that could apply to any area of our life, whether our goal has become our God. We're trying to be the best version of ourselves. I imagine some of this is the context for your brand new course that's launching, Love You Masterclass. Who is this for and what would they gain if they register for this? It would be great for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people tend to think that it's a singles class, but I also feel it's a married woman's class. As a matter of fact, it's very interesting what's taking place, Angela. One of my students took the first semester, decided to retake the second semester because it was just so much work that she needed to do in her heart that she wanted to review the entire class. Well, she has had such a transformation that her ex-husband started asking, what's going on with you? And now he's watching the class. So I would say... That the class is even for men if they dare to be bold enough to enter the forum. But, you know, the reason I did the class, Angela, is because I realized that we study for every other career in life except the most important one, which is our relationships. Mm. We don't know how to do love. Most of us don't even know what love is. So we don't recognize when we're walking into a deception versus a real blessing. Because once again, marriage is the goal. This guy is interested in me. This woman is interested in me. And we go from there based on chemistry, how we feel in the moment without doing the analytics that we need to do to make sure that we're investing our hearts in the right place for the long term. And what a powerful course for our younger girls, our teens, our young adults, our, our girls who are forming still, like you said, their concept of love. If they don't understand love, if they don't see themselves being loved by God. So would you say even younger women could take this? Most definitely. I mean, the better, the earlier, the better. Why wait until we've made mistakes? Figure it out now so that you make the right choices. Choices that can endure the test of time Mm. and what life throws at you because life does happen. And I think that a lot of times people are so bent on the fantasy of marriage that they don't assess the reality of it, count the cost and prepare themselves. Mm. So they end up saying, I didn't buy into this. Well, yes, you did. This is what marriage is. This is what love looks like. This is what makes it work. And you've got to do the work or love won't work. So here's a class that's designed. The first There's six modules and they are 10 lessons each. So it's a 60 day course from Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. Um, It's pre-recorded so they can do it at their leisure. And then every two weeks at the end of a module, I do a QA and a masterclass with them. And those have been very deep and profound times of sharing. And I've just been amazed at the transparency of the students and what they've been sharing together and how they form their own community. Um, It's really amazing. They now have their own WhatsApp chat and they talk incessantly and they've become friends and really bonded over the things that they've shared uh, during the masterclass and the healing that's taken place. There was one masterclass. um, They cried for two hours. So we had to add another masterclass to finish the class. But that's how hands-on I'm choosing to be because this is my passion that people get this right. Because when our hearts are right, and our relationships are right, then we make right choices in life that make us victorious and live the life that God designed us to live. They're learning from the bottom up. The first three modules have nothing to do with relationships or marriage. It's all about them. It's all about learning what does love look like? How do we do it properly? Uh, you know, how do we navigate? Who are you? What do you value? What do you believe? What do you see? Um, envision your life to be like. 
who's going to match that? Because God's putting together power couples. It's not just about our pleasure. It's about his purpose first. Out of his purpose comes our pleasure. And when we put the cart before the horse, that's when we mess up. We need to flow out of purpose. And you talk about us living our best life, not waiting on something to live our best life, waiting on marriage or waiting on a job or waiting on, we can fill in the blank. What has living in wholeness looked like for you, Michelle? You know, it's been an interesting journey with the Lord for me, Angela. I don't know. Maybe you can relate to this. When I first came to the Lord, I had very high highs and very low lows. Mm. Um, There was a lot of fluctuation in my peace level and my joy level and my sense of fulfillment um, because I didn't have the right focus yet. And as I began to grow and mature in Christ, those highs became more even. Those lows began to come up and meet. and, And now I'm like in such a good place. I call it my happy place, you know, where I've settled some issues. I understand God's heart and mind. Um, and so that makes me redirect my focus when life and the world distract me uh, with the things that are temporary and at best, not that important. But, you know, we can get swayed by those things. Yes. So, um, you know, just having a great sense of purpose and purpose is not magnificent every day. Sometimes it's rather mundane. And it's when we master the mundane that we really matured. Mm. It's not like exciting every day, but there is a purposefulness to my mindset and my attitude on a daily basis that today there may be nothing going on, but it's a simmering day, I'll call it, because God's cooking something inside of me that's going to be released later. And so I'm going to enjoy the simmering just as much as pouring out the dish. Mm. And I think that when we get to that place, we we are happier. That's when we possess that peace that passes understanding that he promises, that joy unspeakable and full of glory that he's promised, those rivers of living water that continually come up to refresh us on a daily basis because our mindset starts to change. It Mm. changes from what do I want to what's important to God? Because while we're busy running around looking for blessings, God's looking for us. That is so good. That is so good. Say it again. Say it louder for the people in the back. That was so good. We could marinate in so many of the things that you are sharing, Michelle. They're so powerful. And I, I thought, as you said, that my husband is Italian and he loves to make sauce from scratch. And it is a tedious mm-hmm. process. It is a yeah. lengthy process. And it's a much better end result pouring that sauce over that pasta. Right. If you have taken the time to let it simmer and it will be an all day event on Saturday, mm-hmm. he wants to serve it on Sunday. So I love you saying sometimes it's a simmering day yes. and that shifts our perspective that God isn't wasting any season we go through. He will extract kingdom purpose out of it, but we have to rest in him on the simmering days just like we do in the days that are busy and filled with what feels like purpose. And so you're helping us to redefine purpose and even the waiting periods of life. You mentioned Mm -hmm. having a victorious attitude and it's so evident that you live in one and you fought for that. You said it hasn't always been the case, but you've developed into a a sense of wholeness and purpose. One of your best selling books is the diva principle, divine inspiration for victorious attitude. So I know this is a big question and maybe you could give us one or two insights, but how can we develop a victorious attitude and what keeps us from doing that, Michelle? 
I think that when we start to look at our limits, our limited sphere, we get very restless. Mm. When we focus on the possibilities, the endless possibilities of living in Christ, then the options open up and we see that life is to be lived to the fullest and it's possible to live it to the fullest because of where we are. It's that alignment of mindset with God, understanding what his will is, understanding his purpose and plan and his heart towards us. You know, we have to remember that his intentions towards us are good. Yeah. When we become suspicious of what God is doing, mm. that's when the unrest comes in. That's when we become vulnerable to temptation. That's what got Eve in the garden. The enemy planted the seed that God was holding out on her. And so what she saw as restriction, which was actually God's protection, created an unrest in her that caused her to sin. Mm. So when we rest in the knowledge that God's intentions are good towards me, one translation says those who come to God must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Another translation of that says he cares enough to care about what you care. And that changes the way we view the circumstances in our life, doesn't it? When we mm-hmm. look at a circumstance really and say, does. regardless of my circumstance, I know the character of God is unchanging. He is good mm-hmm. and he's not just good, but he's good to me. And that kingdom mindset yeah. changes everything for us. And I think too, just the trust of his intentions is huge. Mm-hmm. So that when we get into those places of disappointment and frustration, we don't stop and park there, but we look over it. We look to the other side. You know, Jesus sent them to the other side and in the middle there was a storm. But yeah. guess what? There was the other side of the storm. And so when we focus our attention on the other side of the storm, everything within us aligns to go to pursue the other side versus staying focused on the storm. What happened when Peter looked down and took his eyes off of Christ? He started to sink. He was walking on water till he looked at the water. And I'm not saying live in denial of things that happen in our lives, but we must always keep in mind that God has an intention to use that thing to the good because he's promised that it will all work to the good. So what are we going to say? Instead of saying why, we're going to ask the question, what? Mm -hmm. God, how are you going to glorify yourself in this situation? And what is the takeaway from this for me that's going to make me better? That's so good. And that is such a vital key for us to live with a victorious attitude. That makes our attitude not contingent upon our circumstances, but our attitude is contingent upon the goodness of God. And that never changes. So we are responsible for our attitude. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control our responses to it, especially when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. So thank you for sharing those insights. I know that is freeing somebody even right now as they are listening to know that they don't have to be a victim of their circumstance Mm -hmm. and that they can live victoriously regardless of even a difficult season that they're going through. And, you know, you have been highly successful, Michelle, in so many arenas. I could talk about your marketing expertise. I could talk about your relationship. I could talk about your books. I could talk about the places you've spoken and the platforms God has allowed you to grace, the publishing world, the platform, and a life that has been filled with the miraculous. Is there a moment that stands out to you? Wow, so many moments. But I'd have to say that the critical point for me, since we're in this vein with um, our conversation, 
is when I got hit by a car several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in bed for, I was bed bound for about a year and a half, Angela. I had three surgeries. The doctor said I would never walk normally again, never go up and down stairs normally again. And in the midst of lying in that bed with friends who held me accountable for, what do you think God is saying to you right now? I wrote my first book. Mm. And it taught me a very valuable lesson because by, by the time I got up out of that bed and was hobbling on my crutches, life had changed dramatically for me. So mm. God had taken a circumstance that I could have really drowned in and felt helpless and paralyzed by, and he turned it into something magnificent. Um, you know, I could say that uh, before I moved to Ghana, I lost everything mm. due to a series of events. And during the whole thing, when my friends would just literally commiserate with me, um, I asked one of them one day, I said, aren't you worried about me? She said, no, because there's a cycle that I have seen play out in your life. And that is whenever you've had a setback, it has been a setup for a comeback far above and beyond where you were previously. So I'm just waiting to see what God's going to do now. And that was exactly, I laughed when she said it, because I said, okay, so you get it when I say, there's got to be something awesome on the other side of this. I was already looking for the other side. I said, I'm not going to get stuck here. We'll get right back to this week's episode. I want to help you make life matter with some free resources at AngelaDenadio.com. You'll also find my books, albums, and ways to connect. While you're there, join my online community and be the first to hear exciting updates. If you long to walk where Jesus walked and are ready for the Bible to come alive in ways you have never experienced before, journey with me and Carol McLeod to Israel in 2022. Get all the details at AngelaDenadio.com. You know, um, there's a story about two little boys they did an experiment with. Um, They put them both in rooms filled with pony dung, with dung, right? And uh, so when they checked on them to see their response, One of them was just sitting on the heap of dung, just wailing away. What am I going to do with all of this? This is terrible. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is horrible. And they went to the other room and the the little boy was flinging it everywhere. They said, what are you doing? I said, with this much dung in here, there's got to be a pony somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And that's the way we have to be about life. There's got to be a pony. And I tell people, look for the pony. Don't look at the dump. That Sling is, it around. <laughs> that is so good, Michelle. That is so good. There's got to be a pony in here somewhere. And that has to do with our perspective. You also mentioned something in both of those. Thank you for sharing those stories. I'm so I'm so grateful to see God has healed you and you've come through that difficult season. But you mentioned community in both of those mm-hmm. situations. You said Girlfriends yeah. gathered around you, friends who commiserated, women who helped you while you were lying in that bed. Talk about the value of community for us. It is, you cannot live without it. God made us to be interconnected beings, hmm. uh, dependent on him, but interconnected with one another. Hmm. And he works through other people in our lives. And this is why the circle that we walk with is so important. You know, it says that bad com- companions corrupt good manners. So we have to really look at the company we're keeping. It's been scientifically proven that your closest three is what your three friends is what your life will look like. Mm. Um, There's a reason that rich people don't hang out with poor people. (laughs) They, you know, what do rich people talk about? They talk about how to get richer. They're sharing and exchanging Mm. ideas and supporting one another towards greater wealth. And so when we look at community as sisters, 
um, as members of the family of God, we see a rich fabric that creates a beautiful picture when we walk together, holding each other in accountability, not fearing transparency, um, you know, being willing to say the hard things to one another, ask the hard questions, and like the Bible says, provoke one another to good works. It makes all the difference in the world. Literally, my friends stood around my bed and said, what do you think God is saying? And they held my feet to the fire on it. I said, I don't know. I'm on too much pain medication. But they didn't let me, they didn't release me from that. And one of my friends eventually said, what happened to that book you started writing a year ago? Maybe now is a good time to finish it. And she literally would come over every Sunday and write query letters to publishers while I wrote. She kept me company and sent those manuscripts out. And the day came, of course, when Harvest House took my first book and it sold out of its first printing of 12,000 copies in three weeks. And they were like, what's going on here? She's an unknown author. And I said, Jesus is the author. He's very well known. <laughs> I just took dictation. I can't take the credit. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Even your friends could see the other side. Sometimes when we're in the middle of something, it's difficult to see the other side. I'm a survivor of two near-death health crisis. And so I get it. When you're laying there in that hospital bed, you desperately want to see the other side, but sometimes you need other people to get a vision of that for you and to help you get to the other side, like Lazarus coming out of the tomb, but he still had great clothes. Sometimes we need friends, come on, to help us. And we need- That's right. And we need to be the friend of someone else to say, God mm-hmm. is doing something in your life, but there's even more that yes. he has for you if we can unwrap this in your life. So I love that. That's so powerful. The value of community that we're mm-hmm. so much stronger together. I ask all of my guests this question, Michelle, and I'm curious because you are such a kingdom minded woman. Other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has, has most inspired you to make your life matter? It might be the person you can't wait to meet or the person that always jumps off the pages at you when you read scripture. Well, I would have to go with Joseph because mm. I always say, call me Josephine. I so resonate with Joseph, you know, just the power of a dream, um, finding yourself in places where it looks like you're going in the opposite direction of that dream. Mm. And then realizing that your dream was actually God's dream and much bigger than the dream you had initially. You know, there's so much to glean from his life, from the way he handled relationships, from the way he handled crisis, that I'd love to know more about how he got to that mindset, because he moved from a spoiled brat to a very wise man. And uh, I'd like to know what he was thinking in Potiphar's house. I'd like to know what he was thinking in the jail. I'd like to know what he was thinking when he thought he finally saw the way out and was forgotten for another two years. That's powerful. Those are powerful insights. If you're listening today and you haven't read that story, go and read that story of Joseph in Genesis. What a powerful story of redemption, of forgiveness. And again, someone who stayed faithful to God and he took them to the other side. I feel like that's been a theme of today. Michelle, what would you say? I know we're nearing a close of our conversation. What would you say to the woman who is listening today who just has felt unworthy of love? I want to again mention this Love You Masterclass that they can be a part of. How can knowing that we are loved by God transform the way we live our life? Have you ever noticed that when no one's talking to you, if you were single, when remember, think back to when you were single, Angela. <laughs> That when no guy was interested in you, no guy was interested in you. 
And then when one got interested, all of a sudden these other guys came out of the woodwork and you were like, well, where were you? You know, in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and it, isn't it funny that when we're aware that we're loved, that the atmosphere around us changes, something mm. happens to even our persona and our countenance that literally attracts more love. Mm. And this is why it's important to know that we love God because he first loved us. We are treasured yeah. by him. We, he is so passionate and hot for us. And if we could just embrace that love and walk in it and enjoy it, it would release the same pheromones as if a physical man was coming after you and it would attract the love that you, you know, love begins with us. It doesn't begin yeah. with someone bringing it into your life because you already have it. And it's the same trick that the enemy played on Eve in the garden when he said, God just doesn't want you to be like him. And a Young's literal translation says, when God questioned her on why she ate the fruit, she said, the serpent deceived me and I forgot. What did she forget? She forgot that she was already made in the image of God. She was, And so Satan had twisted the truth and caused her to become disgruntled and suspicious of God and his intentions towards her. Mm. So when we be, remember that God so loved us that he gave what was dearest to him and that love continues since Jesus has died and risen for us, he's now interceding for us because the father loves us and longs for us to be victorious and to feel the love that he's pouring out on us every day. He says that goodness and mercy will follow after us, that the blessings of God will overtake us. That is him literally running after us. That's the reckless love of God. I love that song. There's no mountain he won't climb up coming after you. He really is coming after See that. Close your eyes and visualize that and embrace that feeling of love. You'd be amazed at the love that you begin to attract because you're already a loved woman. You're already a wanted woman. It says that he created us for his pleasure. So we are wanted women of God. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for that reminder. How can people connect with you? How can they find you, your many resources, your music? You mentioned the reckless love of God. You're a yeah. wonderful singer as well, musician with albums. And of course, how can they sign up for the Love You Masterclasses? All of that on your website? Everything is on my website. So if they go to michellehammond.com, you'll find everything there. So many resources. It's it's like going to Disneyland of websites. I I loved your website and just peruse it. And you, you'll feel loved just by sitting in your website for a few minutes. That's what I felt. It, it oozes off of the page because it's obvious what God has done in your life, Michelle. And he is mm -hmm. no respecter of person. So the beauty in that is that's what God wants to do in our lives as well, to know we are loved. Because when we know we are loved by God, then we can love like God wants us to love. Listen, yeah. listeners, Michelle is going to pray over you in just a moment. But Michelle, I like to close with a section called Truth That Matters. Just mm -hmm. want to remind our listeners, as we've been saying, you are loved by God. You even touched on the scripture, not knowing I was going to share it. First John 4, verses 9 through 19, tells us what it looks like to be loved by God and to love like God. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If Mm -hmm. anyone, maybe you're listening right now, you've never accepted the love of Jesus Christ. First John tells us if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And I love this closing verse of this section. We love because he first loved us. Michelle, we are loved women. Thank you for reminding us of that. Thank you for the way you pushed through adversity to see the promises of God, to see the other side, and to encourage us as listeners today to make our life matter no matter what we face, to move from the why to the what. Don't just keep looking for the why, but what. Look for the kingdom purpose God is extracting. Look for the pony in the pile of dung. So many things people can take away from this conversation. Some listeners need to go back or those that are viewing and listen to this again and push pause and write some of these things down and meditate. And again, the Love You Masterclass, it's starting September 13th. Michelle would love to have you. If you want to grow in your knowledge of relationships and just simply who you are, having a sense of wholeness and purpose in life, you're going to want to be a part of this masterclass. Thank you, Michelle, for what you've deposited into us today. And I would love for you to just pray over our listeners as we close our time together. Well, Father, my prayer is that we would comprehend the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width of your love for us. The overwhelming measure of it that never ceases. You promise never to leave us or forsake us and to love us with an everlasting love. Father, when you breathed into Adam, you breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. And it stirred within us the desire for an eternal kiss. Only you can give us that kiss through your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that every person that feels dry and thirsty like that woman at the well seeking love, that you would fill them even now with that water that you said could spring up and refresh and restore and renew and revive us over and over again. Let them drink deep. Drink deep of your love and experience it in overwhelming measures. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, Let's make life matter.